Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Our topic today is U.S. office investment opportunities. Yes, I can say it. You know, the office market is full of opportunity at this point in the cycle. You know, on one hand, we've had slow job growth. We've had corporate occupancy efficiencies going on for sure. And we've had uncertainty from Obamacare and governmental gridlock has really held back office sector recovery. At the same time, some areas are seeing real job growth, and most areas are seeing improved fundamentals. If you add the lack of new construction in a segmented recovery, the potential of some pent-up demand, and what you have in the office market is plenty of opportunity. Well, please welcome my first guest, Dan Fasulo, Managing Director, Real Capital Analytics. RCA provides transaction intelligence, trends, and tools for the global investment real estate market. Dan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, Dan, let's get us start with uh, the how is the office sector doing right now in the investment world? Or is it still popular with investors? What do you see for office sales volume so far this year? You know, through October 15th, um, we've seen about $65 billion worth of uh, office property transactions nationwide. Um, that's versus $81 billion for the entire year uh, last year in 2012. Um, and that's going into uh, a fourth quarter, which historically is usually your most active quarter uh, for office transactions. So, you know, barring, uh, you know, uh, an even larger explosion in, in D.C. that shuts down the markets, um, I, I think we'll, we'll certainly see uh, investment levels um, up 10, 20 percent year over year. Okay. Well, that's good news for the market. Well, what is that doing to cap rates? What do you see for trends there for office cap rates? So probably the number one question we get, Michael, is, you know, how is the rise in interest rates impacting cap rates? Um, we haven't seen it yet um, for a variety of reasons. Cap rate, uh, interest rates, uh, are, are arguably up 7,500 basis points over the last six months. They've softened over uh, the past 60 days. Um, we haven't seen uh, a significant rise in cap rates at all. If anything, mo- most market participants will argue that uh, for suburban office properties or secondary assets in, in, in primary cities, uh, we've seen continued compression. Um, you know, there was an awful lot of spread um, uh, between average cap rates and the, and the 10-year Treasury. And while that spread is compressing, there was enough room um, that cap rates could still fall, even, uh, you know, despite the, the rise in interest rates. The next 100 basis points remains to be seen. Um, we're already starting to see some signals that in uh, you know, the prime CBD markets, we're starting to see uh, a pricing plateau. Um, but that's, it's, it's early days for that. Okay. So you're seeing more cap rate compression in suburban markets than you are the core CBD markets because of that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is some, um, in this recovery, it's been very much the, 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 the tale of multiple cities, right? Multiple recoveries. You know, not every uh, property sector and geography has recovered in unison um, this time. Um, And what you had was you had this large spread between kind of 
prime CBD Manhattan, San Francisco office, and then your more traditional suburban office across the country. And those higher yields available in suburban office have really attracted um, a significant amount of capital. And, and, and when that wave hits, and it's hitting right now, um, that's when you start to get compression. And there, there aren't many markets left nationwide um, that, that aren't seeing it right now. Okay, we're talking with Dan Fasulo with Real Capital Analytics. And, and Dan, what do you see for A versus B product? Are you seeing the same thing? In the same way that um, geographically investors are searching for higher yields, they're also um, you know, moving away from core to more value-add, more um, uh, 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 renovation type of um, uh, of properties where they can get higher yields, and it, it's 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 really just due to the fact that you know for your prime core assets, cap rates are at or near all-time lows again, and it, it's you know some certain properties are trading at levels that just don't uh, 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 the yields don't appeal to a broad um, spectrum of the investment community, and so there's a lot of you know, dedicated office funds that have no choice. They have to, um, you know, move away from Class A and core. Okay. Well, Dan, can you give us some examples of cap rate ranges for some of these assets? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different segments of the market. Mm -hmm. I mean, in your super prime locations uh, on the coast, we're seeing cap rates uh, approach 4% or even below Mm -hmm. once again. This is for your trophy type assets um uh, nationwide you know we're between six and a half and seven and a half uh depending on the quality of the asset uh the quality of the the, the tenant credit um but you know we are compressing fast and you know as, as long as that uh, the alternatives for investors aren't there you know bonds are expensive uh government bonds are paying nothing you're going to see capital continue to be attracted to uh, the higher yields available um, in commercial real estate. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, what are some of the hot markets, Dan, around the country? Where do people want to be? It's your secondary markets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's your 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 Atlanta, where you're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta is starting finally starting to to get hit by that wave of capital. Um, it's your Texas markets. It's Phoenix. Uh, Blackstone Group just bought the largest uh, office campus in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, follow the smart money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's and then it's 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 suburban environments. You know, surrounding uh, those primary markets. You know, the the wave of capital has started to move from prime core to to everything else. That's right. They're looking for good opportunities for yield, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's and, and you uh, go ahead. You hit slightly in your intro too, uh, Michael, about the lack of supply, and we have seen you know you know a five-year period now with very little new supply being brought to the market, and it's it that combined with uh, the fact that the economy has stabilized somewhat, um, you see a lot of investors more confident that fundamentals are going to improve over the next few years. Yeah, I think that makes sense. The lack of new construction could be the 
the the real catalyst to to big improvement in rates and, and occupancy around the country. But uh, speaking of around the country, our our show is heard all around the world and all around the country. But we're on the radio in some markets. So on on some of these markets where we are on the radio, how are how are they faring in an office investment sales environment? You know, San Francisco, Dallas, Houston, Seattle, for for example. Yeah, I mean we we hit a, a couple of those. The Texas markets have been very very hot. There's a story that's selling right there in Texas. I always get a little worried about uh, uh, the additional supply that could be built in a moment's notice down there. Um, but, you know, Houston, with the energy story, Dallas uh, as well, they, I mean, um, they're attracting a lot of capital right now, a lot of investment, a lot of development. Um, uh, San Francisco, obviously, the tech sector is very hot at once again, and supply um, has gotten uh, supplies always can be been constrained there, and, and given how how demand has picked up, um, you see rents starting to spike in in, in many of the top submarkets there. Uh, Seattle, same thing, um, uh, and Atlanta and Minneapolis are the value plays right now. You know, higher yields. It's really it's 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 the gravity is just pulling in capital to those markets because the higher yields available. Okay. And who are the active buyers? Where are they from? Are, are foreign investors active right now, more active than they have been? You know, this is the healthiest part of, of the marketplace right now. Just the pure diversity of different types of buyers that are out there right now. Um, and, and uh, you know, we just did an analysis here on uh, the, uh, the buyer composition, and it's as diverse as it was at the height of the market in 2007. Um, you know, institutional investors, pension funds, insurance companies, endowments, um, and their advisors, very active. Uh, the public REITs, uh, active in their markets. Um, uh, the private REITs have been buying anything with income. Um, private investors uh, are, are back with a vengeance, having access to, to, to more debt as the market is stabilized especially through CMBS. Yeah, well, yeah, everyone's more active right now. We're going to have more from Dan Fasulo in just a moment, more on office investment opportunities. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, we just produced a show on corporate office tenant strategies and a show on the rebirth of the housing market. There are lots of interesting shows to choose from. You can access them with a smartphone, tablet, or computer. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Our topic today is U.S. office investment opportunities. My guest is Dan Fasulo with Real Capital Analytics. And Dan, we're talking about the the origin of these buyers and where they're coming from. And uh, and now let's talk about who some of the exact buyers are. Who's uh, really uh, active out there right now buying and selling office properties? Yeah, we, we just did a study on on this, Michael. Um, you know, a lot of the the, the big institutional funds. Um, are back out there buying. By our tally, we, we, we counted about 250 of them active, buying office properties around the country right now. 
That's more than we're running around at the top of the market in 2007. Wow. Um, cross-border investors, the Canadians, have been very active, especially their REITs. Um, everyone's heard about the, the Chinese, the Koreans, Japanese. Uh, we're getting money from London uh, and Switzerland. It's The diversity is amazing. Um, I mean, you know some of the, the names that have been active uh, in suburban environments. You know, I, I think of of some of the private REITs like American Realty Capital, uh, Realty Income, Cole, um, Invesco, Heinz, Blackstone, they've all been active recently. Okay. And Dan, how much of this market activity is distressed real estate? It's um, um, uh, smaller than you think. Um, in in my mind, we're, we're entering the, the later innings of the distress cycle. Um, you know, RCA has tracked about a, a little over $100 billion worth of office properties that fell into distress uh, in this cycle. About two-thirds of that has been uh, cleaned up at this point. Um, among the remaining distress, it's really focused on, you know, your, your larger assets in, in that uh, were financed by CMBS, the top of the market. Um, there are por- portfolios of suburban assets that are still distressed. Um, but um, and then there's localized problems. There's certainly smaller assets uh, around the country that um, you know have you know fundamental problems, um, um, whether it's with a, a lease up or their their finance structure. So, um, but we're in the in the later innings, and if if anyone's waiting for that that wave to come, they might be waiting for an awful awful long time, Michael. That's right. Their surfboard's going to be idle, right? Um, well, okay. Well, what are some of the other trends and numbers you see the, in the office market out there right now? Yeah, it's um, it's the liquidity, not just on the equity side, but on the debt side, mm-hmm. um, that is really starting to drive the the marketplace again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, this time last year, we were still kind of, you know, uh, uh, lenders started really putting money out, but now uh, it, it's it's coming, and um, it, the the increasing number of lenders willing to loan money in the space is is really driving activity once again, especially in those secondary markets and for those transitional assets that were starved of capital over the last few years. Um, and and some of this is is on the debt side is directly related to what we were talking about on the equity side and and that the competition in the primary markets has gotten too great. Um, so, you know, in all the boardrooms of these, uh, you know, major lenders, they're having to make decisions to, you know, broaden their geographic horizon and, and broaden uh, the scope of assets they're willing to make loans on. Yeah, available financing can really drive a market, uh, Dan. So how many of the transactions that you track are financed today in the office environment? Oh, you know, I mean, uh, it depends which segment of, of, of the market you're talking about, but um, I would say a significant percentage are financed. Um, you know, where there's attractive debt existing on an asset, we've certainly seen loans assumed. Um, and, you know, the CMBS uh, market has been a prolific provider of capital, and, and we have to figure out how to keep that channel open because it, it really is uh, helping uh, 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 the marketplace be as healthy as it can be. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I get that question a lot at our firm, how many of our transactions are, are financed, and we're still seeing a lot of cash uh, transactions, and, and maybe that's some of the, uh, from the velocity and the demand from buyers to, to be able to put in a, an offer and they can close real quick. Well, Dan, if you will, look into your crystal ball and tell us what you expect to see for cap rates and, and demand in the office investment market moving forward into 2014. You, you know, barring some sort of, um, you know, real, real um, implosion um, that comes out of D.C. or some other unknown uh, event, which is always possible, right? Uh, I, I see continued improvement um, um, in both investment activity and, and in the pricing, especially in secondary markets. You know, irrespective of a slow uh, increasing, you know, uh, interest rates, mortgage rates, I still think there's compression, cap rate compression left um, for secondary markets. I don't know if it's 50 basis points, 100 basis points, but, you know, there is room um, to see interest rates rise some more and to still get that compression. We're not at equilibrium yet. Um, I think some of your top properties in your overheated markets are going uh, to slow down. I mean, we can't keep getting double-digit increases in values every year and year. It's just not sustainable. Um, and, you know, we're, we're in a situation with that low supply once again that, you know, fundamentals have stabilized. And there's really only, the only ways to move, move from here is up unless there's an unforeseen event. And that, that's also going to soften um, the impact of higher debt costs you know, for, for rents and occupancies, you know, or, or rents, we're still, you know, 20, 30 percent all-time highs for office properties, uh, especially in, in the middle of the country. So, you know, there is room for NOI growth going forward. Okay. So that's where you see the opportunities is in uh, rising rates and in uh, B properties and secondary markets? Uh, absolutely. I, I'd be surprised if there wasn't um, continued improvement there and, and that's where the capital's heading right now okay so you're bullish on on the suburban market so that's interesting to hear because i guess that's because you, you just can't get the yields that a lot of these investors are looking for in the core markets right yeah in my experience you you want to try to get ahead of the capital flows yeah. and you know once capital hits your 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 market um it's going to drive pricing and, and values higher yeah, and if you can get financing, then uh, there's more players in the market to do that, right? Well, I mean, the the, the smartest money right now is, is buying transi- transitional assets, stabilizing them, and then going to the finance markets, which yeah. are uh, very aggressive for any type of stabilized asset right now. All right, well, good tip. Well, Dan Fasulo, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. If you'd like more information from Dan Fasulo and RC Analytics, visit rcanalytics.com. Well, in just a moment, we're going to have some market participants and get their view on the office investment market. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. You're invited to attend two marquee real estate events in Atlanta. Interface Healthcare Real Estate Southeast, December 3rd and 4th, and Interface Multifamily Southeast, December 5th. To reserve your name on the roster, visit interfaceconferencegroup.com. That's interfaceconferencegroup.com. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. 
France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404 832 8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Each week here, we focus on a topic of interest to business owners, entrepreneurs, and real estate people. If you'd like to know the topic and guest each week, you're invited to sign up for a once a week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Today, our topic is office investment opportunities. Please welcome Casey Kitchen, VP, National Office Group at Bull Realty. Casey, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Michael. Good to be here. Also, please welcome John Davidson, Southeast Regional Director, Parmenter Realty Partners. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Good to be back. Well, gentlemen, we've heard uh, Dan Fasula's view on the investment market. Let's look at the office sector from a market participant view. Uh, John, what do you see for cap rate trends on some of the properties that, that you work in? Well, I can tell you, you know, cap rates back at the bottom of the market in 2010 were at about 8.8%. They're at 5.8% now, which is an incredible movement. And I, I think that there is still some room for compression, believe it or not. Uh, and there's certainly room for, you know, income growth. Uh, rental rates have really not moved as far as they should have. So, uh, and, and debt is really driving the whole thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Casey, what do you see for cap rate trends? I'm seeing cap rates in the markets I work, uh, primarily in the Sun Belt, for the nicer product, Class A, mid-sevens, probably mm-hmm. around seven, six or so. Um, and then for Class B or Suburban, you know, mid-eights. Okay. And John, at Parmenter, you guys are always looking for uh, Class A and Class B properties. With this slow recovery, are you able to find enough product right now? It's tough. I mean, there's there's more buyers out there than I think I've ever seen in my career. And uh, so when there are good deals, uh, we're not the only ones that have found them. Uh, there's also more groups like us that... Uh, that like value add, that like deals that you know they can uh, add you know add some value to the to the building physically. So uh, in the past that used to differentiate us, but it doesn't really anymore. Okay, Casey, what do you see for demand for office well, properties? There's definitely more buyers than there is product. Uh, we've seen a significant increase in the number of buyers uh, jumping back into the pool or forming new funds. You know, just in the past 12 months, uh, we've seen about 700 new funds or buyers enter the market. And this is for you know two and a half million and above office properties throughout the U.S. So that that number is approaching you know the all-time high for the number of active buyers. So there's definitely uh, more buyers than there is product available. All right. Well, Casey, what do you expect for cap rates and investor demand through the year end and into 2014? Uh, personally, I think cap rates uh, for the nicer product uh, will stay pretty flat. There might be some compression. Um, I think the cap rates for the suburban and value add type product is going to compress significantly just because that's where all the activity is going because they're priced out of the core deals. Mm-hmm. And John, what do you expect to see for cap rates moving forward? Crystal ball look here. We got a crystal ball here. Yeah, I, I think that there's still some continued strengthening, as I said earlier, and, and again, that's driven by, uh, by by debt as much as anything else and, and competition. Um, but, um, you know, that, 
that trend I think will have to start dissipating soon and uh, as interest rates are you know almost inevitably going to go up it, it'll have an effect on cap rates okay and it seems like it's a real good time to sell stabilized properties where you know you've got your occupancy up you've got your rates up to market and consider selling when, the, when there's all this demand in the marketplace from all over the world to buy office properties in the U.S. you guys have been uh, active sellers haven't you yeah I couldn't agree more we've sold uh, four assets this year uh, and have one under contract currently so uh, it has been a good time to sell um, it's still a challenging market out there but again the the debt is really competitive right now and uh, and that's what I think is moving uh, prices up to the the range we want to see them in as a seller yeah okay. the, the availability of debt's definitely fanning the fire you know in the investment arena uh, particularly CMBS uh, loans that are readily available uh, even for suburban and value-add properties and you know the CMBS world is more concerned about cash flow than they are location or, or tenant quality so that's you know, adding to that uh, flight to the suburban markets and value-add properties. Well, John, since you have some recent experience in selling these types of assets, what tips would you have for, for other sellers that want to sell products? You know, I, I think um, uh, I wouldn't be too worried about vacancy if I was a seller in a, uh, uh, if you're in a solid market, uh, that the funds that are out there are looking for value-add and they'll actually price that, that vacancy up maybe more than you're going to realize if you lease it yourself. So uh, it, it's not a bad time to get out there if, if you're in a solid market. I mean, if you're in a, in a weak market with a lot of vacancy, you're probably going to get creamed because uh, you know, the, the buyers that are, are out there are pretty savvy and they're looking for, for, for good deals. Yeah, well, that's quite a change, isn't it, Casey, that uh, people give you good value for your vacancy? Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, just from 12 months ago when, when vacancy was heavily discounted, and now, as John said, you know, they're pricing in some rent growth in that vacancy, and that's pushing pricing. Okay, because the vacancy is just opportunity now, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's right. And, and you may not be able to realize that same opportunity yourself. I mean, yeah. The people always think they can do better than, than where the market is. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, the, the buyers are figuring they can get better rents and better management and uh, let them do it, right? The glass is half full. All right, stay tuned for more office investment opportunities. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to check out Commercial Real Estate Show TV. That's right. I said TV. Well, it's video. Just visit YouTube and search for the channel Commercial Real Estate Show. Our topic today is office investment opportunities. We're talking with Casey Kitchen with Bull Realty and John Davidson with Parmenter Realty Partners. And uh, Casey, we ended the segment with some tips for uh, sellers who considered selling office. What do you have for them? Well, other than the obvious one of, of calling me to help them out. Um, <laughs> 1-800-CASEY. You know, I, I think I, I see a lot of, uh, especially the, the larger sellers, you know, engaging the very large brokerage companies. Um, they're, you know, they're under the impression that it needs to have a very narrow marketing to a, a list of usual suspects. And, you know, I think it behooves most of the sellers to consider broadening uh, who the property is presented to. 
and and include some of those funds that are newly formed or some of the foreign entities that are jumping into the pool um, if if they don't see the opportunity they're not going to bid on the opportunity so you know you, you still want to not just show the property to everybody you don't want to cast the net too wide but you need to sh- you know you need to cast a pretty wide net if you want to really drive value and, and get more offers than than is typical that's a good point it comes down to supply and demand right i mean we sold an office building to a uh, user a foreign user and we found out that before we've had the opportunity to sell it that uh, some other brokers in the marketplace weren't getting it out there this buyer was out in the marketplace didn't know about it and this buyer paid more than the investors in the market would have. So I think that's a good point. Yeah, that happens all the time. You'd be yeah. surprised how frequently that happens. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's usually the guy that will pay the most uh, is not necessarily who you would think would be the obvious buyer. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, John, where do you see opportunities in 2014? Well, just as, as you guys were discussing, there's a lot of buyers out there. So we're having to look a little bit off the beaten path. We're looking at some of the second tier markets and kind of beating the bushes right now in the suburban markets, which have been passed over a little bit, looking for infill opportunities, some of the same kind of dynamics that we like about CBD markets, uh, the second tier CBDs uh, we're trying to find replicated in, in the suburban markets. Okay. And one of the things that we keep hearing about office users is they're using less square footage per employee these days. John, what do you see there and how's that affecting the office market? Yeah, you know, in 2010, you were at about 225 uh, uh, feet per employee. Now you're at about 176, and we're projected to be at 151 feet per employee in, in 2017, which is just remarkable. Uh, and uh, it, it definitely is having a, a chilling effect on expansions, uh, and uh, you know, so and it's also had a chilling effect on on future development. We think the trend is likely to kind of. I don't know if it gets all the way down to 156 because there is some some repercussions to that it's having a lot of pre- putting a lot of pressure on the parking at, at buildings mm-hmm. uh there's anecdotal evidence that the employees aren't really liked being crammed in privacy issues etc so um, uh, i'm not sure how far that plays out i think the other thing that's driven it is the uh the amount of of tenant uh uh you know build out incentives that are in the market and allowing uh, existing tenants to basically reconfigure their space. And, and as those incentives dry out from landlords, you know, some of those, you know, total rehab of their spaces is not going to be viable. Yeah, that's interesting. I had a guest a few weeks ago that mentioned that one of the backlashes from less square footage per employee uh, is health. You know, that we get into the winter months and, you know, you've got people sneezing on people or whatever and you have, so you can lose some productivity. Have you heard anything like that from any of your tenants? Or? I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, we've walked into some of our spaces that have had this happen and mm-hmm. you really can't believe that it's the same tenant, mm-hmm. you know, where they've, they've maybe consolidated where they had three three or four different buildings and they've moved them all into one of our buildings and you just can't believe the number of tenants that are in there yeah or employees rather yeah i think those smaller square footage occupancies they're, they're more conducive to some sectors versus others you know if it's yeah. a creative company or a technology company mm-hmm. you know that's going to fit 100 100 square feet a person but you know if it's a law firm i think the ones that have tried that are probably some of them are already wondering what they did and if they should have done that yeah or a radio show look how we're crammed in here (laughs) well a brokerage firm too i mean that you know we i don't think we would be as you know as productive as we are if we had common areas and everybody was talking over each other and yeah 
But people can always escape to their home and work from their iPad and their cell phone, and uh, so there is always a, a plan B out there. Which well, is at the end easy. of the day, they they still need an office, right? right. So oh, we, we, we want to keep our jobs here, ever. John. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've done that. It just uh, you know, my dog will start barking right when I'm on a big call. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I don't think I've had a conference call where the dog hasn't been bar- somebody's dog barking somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, another uh, question I have for you, John, when you're talking to business leaders and, and these tenants about their growth plans, do they mention anything about Obamacare and, and debt ceiling debates? Uh, are some of them more reluctant to grow, and or is it just business as usual out there? It's certainly not business as usual, but I think in spite of what's happening in Washington, uh, you know, most of the businesses we talk to are, 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 are I don't want to say optimistic, but they're universally growing and growing modestly. Uh, there's no doubt that that the government has put challenges on on the economy that don't need to be there. Uh, and the uncertainty of Obamacare has been a, a real frustration for almost every business. Okay, so they're actually saying that when you're talking to them, that's one of their their fears, their their uncertainty, the unknowns of well, it's Obamacare. just it's an additional cost that you can't get your arms around, and and so it's hard to you know particularly when you have the companies that are right around that 50 employee mark, mm-hmm. you know, do they want to grow? Is you know, and and how are they going to manage that growth? Do they you know, split off into separate companies. There's a there's a number of new considerations that mm-hmm. companies didn't have in the past. So you think there's some pent up demand for office space out there? If this uh, uncertainty gets lifted a little bit, well, we hope so. But I mean, who knows? Uh, today, you know, we're we're ready for anything. I guess would be the you know, thing to say. Yeah. Well, some of the tenants I talk to and, and people who run businesses, I think there is some pent up demand, and I think if some of this uncertainty gets lifted. Uh, We could have a robust economy right ahead of us. This is Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and Twitter. You can find them all at CommercialRealEstateShow.com. Well, today we're talking about the office investment market and opportunities out there with Casey Kitchen with Bull Realty and John Davidson with Parmenter Realty Partners. And um, John, I'd like to ask you about sustainability. You know, with all the the cutting cost out there of tenants and and landlords to make properties profitable has sustainability taken a back seat is going green still popular you know it probably has taken a bit of a hit it certainly hasn't with us uh we have an internal group that does uh, lead certifications and uh, uh you know you certainly don't get tenants to pay for tenants never were paying for sustainability they all talk a good game but if, if you want to tell them that you know, your building is going to cost 25 cents a foot more because you're green and you're lead certified you're, you're going to have a long conversation with yourself because they don't really want to hear it. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it is a very uh, important thing to do, and we find that we can cut costs and uh, you, you get a return in, in your expenses. Yeah, okay. And what about a, a recent transaction? Can you share a recent transaction with us, John, that uh, might be interesting to the listeners? Well, I've been more of a seller than a buyer this year, uh, but uh, you know, it, we have a deal up in Nashville under contract that – Interestingly, uh, we bought uh, in August of 2008, uh, and we're actually going to make a profit selling that asset. Wow. Uh, we were able to 
you know, re- uh, renew some tenants in that market, mm-hmm. and the, the market has done great. Nashville is a fantastic market. Uh, we saw that when we went into Nashville. I don't think, uh, I don't think that it it probably has recovered as much as it's going to. So I think the buyer is getting a great deal too, because Nashville is going to be a really hot market in the southeast. Well, that's a great story. I don't know if any of our longtime listeners would. Uh, would think that would happen you could buy a building in 08 and sell today and make a profit that it was i mean we actually had some of the pricing adjustment was already happening in august of of 2008 i mean Mm -hmm. to a certain extent people remember what happened in october as being you know sudden and and a real surprise but Mm -hmm. you know we we could see the writing on the wall and and so we had taken the pricing down before we closed uh and uh you know it was really i guess good execution as much as anything else keeping the tenants that we needed to keep and bringing in some new ones well good for you casey can you share a recent transaction with us uh well i mean a number i'm working on right now actually involve deals that were bought at the bottom of the market Mm -hmm. 2009 2010 highly distressed deals uh, vacant or sub 50 percent occupancy and uh, either those folks that bought those notes and foreclosed added some value and now they're looking to sell them as stabilized assets or some of them are fortunate enough that they just bought at the right time when nobody else is willing to buy and they haven't really done anything with them but they're selling them into an improving economy you know and they'll sell them at 60 70 percent occupancy as a quote value add deal uh, with some upside but you know as as john and i talked about earlier uh off off camera a lot of times there's not a lot of meat left on the bone for those deals so those deals are are somewhat challenging to pencil out so give us the price per square foot that 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 note buyer bought a, a recent transaction for a few years ago and what they're selling for You're looking today. at a 2010 uh, note purchase price with uh you know a clear avenue to title at about forty dollars a square foot and that asset now is trading at, it's going to trade at 65 a foot. And that's with basically no increase in occupancy whatsoever or rates or anything. It was, it was somewhat of a zombie building um, bought by an opportunistic buyer, and, and now they're going to sell it to a value-add buyer. Yeah. Okay. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if you'd like more information uh, from Casey or John, you can visit uh, – Parmco, P-A-R-M-C-O dot com, or you can get Casey at bullrealty.com. Uh, next week, we'll have an interesting look at the retail market, so be sure and join us. You know, the retail market has been very interesting. It's been the trailing sector, and there's also opportunities there around the country. So thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by your friends at Bull Realty, France Media, Atlanta Office Liquidators, and Wiseman, Noack, Curry, and Wilco. For more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.